I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. It's gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put a thumb in the air. Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Fam, it happened again. Oh, it's like Home Alone Six. Like at a certain point, they should have just taken the kids, aw- the kid away. <laughs> they should have just taken the kid away from that damn family. Like this just keeps happening. The kid, the kid belongs in. Juvenile Hall. Yeah. Like, he is, he, he is a danger to society. Lock him up. The Flyers got blown out again, and uh, nothing happened. It's the next day, and we're all just sitting here like, oh, yeah, well, they'll get blown out again next week, and we'll just do this all over. Let's just get right into it, because there's a lot to get into. Honestly, the games are the games at this point. Whatever happens, happens. We're just waiting for Fletcher to do something. Let me introduce you to the panel, and we can get started. I'm going to lead off with the Athletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor. So I think we're going to get into this a little in a little bit more detail, but I want to point out a key aspect of this Travis Sanheim getting more minutes phenomenon over the past weekend. So, <laughs> at about 6 p.m. on Thursday, I published an article that implied that Travis Sanheim should get more minutes. In that game, he then proceeded to score two goals, and then this weekend, he was using the second pair. So what I'm saying is I am taking full credit for Travis Sanheim's elevation up the depth chart. It was entirely my article. Excellent. Yes. End of story. Yeah, I mean, he scored two goals in a game he played 12 minutes the day that article came out. I mean, show me the lie. Yeah, and no, I mean, that's why Phil Veroni got called up, because they listen to us. It's it's Veroni, <laughs> it which is, is not what we have been saying, not what care. I have I been saying. Score a goal, and I'll pronounce your name right, just like Dale White. <laughs> just like Dale White. Well, <laughs> I said the same thing about Limblom, too, though. So yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'll never pronounce his name right he needs to spell it differently <laughs> oh god ah <laughs> steph d steph driver all right so I, I made jokes on both twitter and facebook that the clock is ticking why is chuck not making trades but i i kind of want to talk about the people that are in meltdown about the possibility of chuck fletcher selling the farm like getting rid and trading all of our prospects and while, yes, it's a possibility, I think that the more realistic possibility is that your favorite player in the NHL is probably going to be traded. The The prospects 
that we have in our system, and this doesn't even necessarily go just for the Flyers. This is prospects in general. Don't have nearly as much value as guys who have proven that they can play in the NHL. They're valued to us. We love them, but Morgan Frost is not going to bring back the same return that Wayne Simmons is. It all just depends on what the team you're trading with is looking for in their situation. Even then, prospects are not going to bring back the return that someone who's proven, even Robert Haig is going to bring back more of a return than Joel Ferris. Well, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Like, I don't even know if I agree with From Simmons. The Blues, yes. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with Simmons just because he's a rental. So, but he still could probably get a first round pick back. Like, but I, I, I see what you're saying in that a lot of these prospects that we think are the greatest thing in the world are still prospects. Yeah, like they only have as much value. And and the the one thing too that that kind of annoys me when people act like, you know, if they start trading away some of the prospects, it's the worst thing in the world. And this is something we've touched on a couple times over the last year or so, is that they literally have too many prospects for a roster. So <laughs> They've got so, too many prospects for two yeah, rosters. Yeah, so some of these guys are just not going to make it. Even if they're good enough to make the NHL, they're just not going to fit. So at some point, you're going to have to move some of them. And whether it's now or two years down the line, you know, maybe it's better Maybe it's better to move them now when Before they're all... they hit that development Yeah, and it's exactly. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. this guy is just a third liner, not the potential of yeah. whatever they could be. Or if he's in the AHL for two seasons and he's stuck and all other teams look at it and they say, oh, we're not going to give you anything for, for Tanner Lazinski because, yeah, he might be good, but he's blocked in your, organi- your organization. You yeah. have to trade him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's very much a thing. Uh, good point, Steph. I like it. Thank you. It's, it's We talked about it in that I, they need absolutely need to identify some, I mean, no one's really untouchable, but who do you believe your yes. core pieces are going to yes. be? And, and, that, and that includes prospects. Prospects if, if, if you, if you young... Yeah, if you've determined that Morgan Frost yeah. is going to be a second-line center in the NHL, then make him untouchable or make him only touchable in a perfect trade. You have to identify which prospects that you're legit and which ones aren't, and the ones that you aren't as high on, maybe you move them. But if we, but, yeah, if yeah. we move Connor Bunneman, like, it's not going to be the fall of Rome. Okay, well, he actually has no value. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that the, the prospects that everybody's freaking out about like his name. Are, are not as valuable as the NHL players. Last but not least, filling in for at Hinks this week, Fly Purpley's own sports are bad. Greg Forsyth. Uh, thank you, William. I was going to talk about uh, not the on ice stuff. Already? No. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I still got to go. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Flyers' worst tweet uh, from the social <laughs> the media worst staff. Tweet. Yeah. Not only did it uh, fail in dunking on Hextall, uh, the Wings over Buffalo tweet on Saturday as they got mopped <laughs> by Winnipeg yesterday, seven to one. That was I didn't even put that together until you guys started talking about oh, how yeah. we wouldn't let them eat junk food after games. Oh, that was totally yeah. shaped. No, I get it. Hundred percent. I get it now. I just didn't put it together after the game. And they didn't put together that they had to have a back to back in Winnipeg with Michael Norworth and that. So there was no foresight there. So that's the, the first problem. The second one is it's also plagiarism because if you look back. If you search Wings Over Buffalo on Twitter, there's only two tweets, that one, and the Devils did it back in January. So, ill-advised and also plagiarism. Well, yeah, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, the secret is, the flyer social media person came from the Devils. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> it, it, was so an old, it was an old tweet. It was, they yeah. had it filed yeah, away. Like, oh, so, oh, it was a one-for-one trade yeah. for Sarah Baker. <laughs> he, pl- he plagiarized <laughs> It was the, sa- the same spelling, they put a drumstick at the end, I was like, oh my god, this go. is terrible. <laughs> 
more funny. There's a dude that used to work for SI who plagiarizes himself all the time. Rick Riley, who, oh, like, he does, yeah. who just copies and pastes out of old like back page SI for like ESPN.com <laughs> articles. And so, it's not plagiarism. It's me. No, it's worse. It's just lazy. <laughs> no, I, I made the point before we went on air, basically that like I don't think Ron Hexall is a, is a particularly vindictive guy, regardless of the stories you've heard. But you can't tell me he didn't enjoy the shit out of that seven one. Like, yeah. oh, you're gonna throw shade at me? Uh, you're gonna throw shade at me I because like, I, I, I didn't let you guys eat pizza and wings after games. All right, we'll see what happens when we eat pizza <laughs> and wings after games. It's like, see what happens when we put the guy you gave a fucking extension to in, Ron? That's oh, a good point. Thanks a lot, buddy. That's a fair point. I mean, yeah. there's that, but also <laughs> pizza and wings. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so when Fletcher took the job, I was hoping he'd make like a move or two to improve this team this year, like right away, like just a couple of things, you know, go get me someone to just make the team a little better right now. Like someone to help the, someone to help the, the penalty kill a goalie, whatever. Uh, the more I watch this team, the more I think something is just really wrong with this core. And I know that's been a common refrain, but I've always felt that the core needed to be augmented. Just go get them a few more good players and it's fine. Not broken up. I never thought there was a real need to be like, yeah, you know what? Jake's got to go. And I'm not just saying Jake. Like, I just mean one of these guys. But goddamn, man, the throwing up of their hands and letting games get out of hand is just far too common. A shake-up or culture change may be the route. Uh, they're going to need a new coach, obviously, whether it be after the holidays or at the end of the year. Whatever. Hackstall can't possibly come back next season, but... You know, something else has to happen because something else is the matter here. It's not just the coach. And I'm starting to think it might be the start smarter route to write this year off, sell a few guys at the deadline and go from there. And by sell, I don't just mean for futures. I'm not in that asset collection, but sell as in those Holmgren moves I talked about or earlier uh, in earlier episodes or... I don't know, Colton Pareko's name's out there. Get a few years younger, fill a need. A guy who might be a little expensive. He's got a he's a, he's an NHL player. It's not like you're getting a first round pick, but he's good and he fills a need. Like something like that from another team who's in kind of the same position as the Flyers, maybe worse. <laughs> they uh, might be in a worse. I mean, position. they were fighting at practice today. Oh yeah. Ah, that's good though. I like. I mean, that. you would like that, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think it says much for the chemistry of their team. They used to fight in practice with Lavi all the time. He's like, oh, you played like shit last night. We're doing battle drills. Oh, Danny Briere tours groin. <laughs> but it was fine. Yeah, Didn't I think Armstrong, that this is a little bit different. Didn't yeah. Armstrong no, come out and say he wasn't going to trade, or he wasn't going to hire a new coach, too? Like they were going to trade I don't. I heard that on another Flyers podcast called Flyperbole. That so, you also were on. I, oh, you yeah, might, I mean, you so, might just be I think I got that from 31 you're, podcast, you're remembering so. yourself saying <laughs> this. So, Some genius was on here saying So I'm like kind of unsure about where this needs to go right now. Because this team, like you watch them on Saturday and go, oh, you know what, Buffalo's pretty damn good. And they just ran wild all over them. That was a good game for the Flyers. It was a good team game without their number one center. And then you watch him on Sunday and go, everything that's been wrong with this team for over a year went wrong. Michael Neuvert started and sucked. They let up three power play goals, allowed a, pen, uh, allowed a shorty. These are the problems with this team. So where do they go? Like at, on, on Monday, December 10th, 2018, with the hockey team, the Flyers, sitting one point ahead of the Devils for dead last in the conference. At least they're better than the Devils. And currently in position to draft at fifth overall. What direction should this rest of this season take? How should Fletch proceed? Number one, 
fire the coach. Well, yeah. <laughs> Number one, fire the coach. Number two, find a goaltender. Now, we're, we're going to get into goaltending a little bit later, but yikes. Find just someone. Um, number three, lose for Hughes. So I've kind, of, I've kind of been thinking about this, like this idea of a tank, and I, I don't think this season's over. And I, I and, the fucking tank. And, and, draft a fifth right now. <laughs> but like the idea of basically yeah, just know, you know, know you trade away Wayne Simmons for yeah. futures. You know, you, you start you see if there's a market for Michael Roffel because he's an expiring free agent too. Like you just you do the things that you do when you've decided this the season is is basically over. Obviously, you don't do it yet, but you do it close to the deadline when when the you know when the bidding will get up a little bit higher. But it's just. Fletcher was brought in with like the mandate of we're trying to win now. So I, I find it hard to believe he's going to go the let's look for the future type of thing. However, one thing I've said, I don't know if I've ever said this on Twitter, but if the the best way to tank, the best way for a for an NHL team to tank is to basically do it in a way where Everything about your team structurally from a roster standpoint is pretty much okay with the exception of the goaltending because like if you do what Buffalo did a few years ago where you literally just like scorched earth your roster and you have nothing it takes a couple extra years to rebuild everything because you have to build it from the top you know from literally from the bottom up if you're in a situation where the Flyers are in this year we're basically and you're talking about how the 7-1 game was kind of the season in a nutshell I agree with that, and I agree with that in in the in the sense that they basically lost that game because Neuver couldn't stop a puck. Yeah. And this is the kind of shit that happens. When, and I'm not saying you can't blame the players for being fragile and just giving up because it was only three one when he got pulled. That's the but, thing. But but it's very very clear watching that game that they were just like, well, this sucks. Our goalie can't stop a puck. We're just packing it in. And not that that's forgivable, but if you have a goalie who actually can stop pucks, that doesn't happen. And if you make a choice, like the, the logical way to improve this team now is go get a goaltender. You know, go go trade for an expiring contract goaltender like a Jimmy Howard or, or try to get a longer-term solution, something like that. It's just to get somebody who you can trust to stay healthy and is going to de- deliver sort of like league average results. That's, that's the easiest way if you're trying to win now. But if your hope is that, hey, maybe this is just isn't our year, we have a good core aside from the goalie we have heart coming why don't we just bite the bullet with these guys have them drag our results down far enough that we get the third or fourth overall pick we get a high-end scorer and then next year in we're in the offseason we get a goalie we still have a decent roster now with a goalie and now with like a Matthew Kachuk type player who immediately joins the roster I'm nice with and that. boom next year could be fun so I'm kind of wondering if that might be the route maybe they should take is just take advantage of the fact that your goaltending is bad to use this as a semi-tank year. Imagine the Flyers but having drafted players who, who shoot and score. <laughs> Imagine it's, that being the future that we're walking into. Like, just, could, could Chuck Fletcher be the guy who's going to draft some other guys that shoot the puck? They t- they pass on so many shots. They do. Imagine. Really painful. Imagine like, that being the future. I understand <laughs> the strategy sometimes, and this isn't what we're going to talk about because there's plenty of shit to talk about. Oh, but we've got stuff. They like like they have an open path to the net, and they're just like, no, nah, I'm trying to cross ice pass. 
Mm. No, it's not going to get there, man. <laughs> Stop You're it. You're not Claude Giroux. You can't backhand sauce across two defenders. Like, it's not going to happen. I do think there are some guys on this team. I'm generally in favor of, like, I I defend players for making the extra pass more than most because passing tends to improve the quality of the subsequent shot. But there are some players on this team right now that just don't have confidence. Like, Jane Gossespierre does not have confidence in his shot right now. And that's scary because he's a guy who has a very good shot who just doesn't seem to want to shoot it. He can't hit the net. He gets nowhere near. He finally took a wrist shot, and what happened? It got caught in traffic, and Wayne Simmons put it in the net. Oh, wow! Maybe don't blast away every single... I, it's just... They are so predictable. Uh, that's not what we're going to do right now, because I could just yell about We're not shit. shitting on the team right no. now. Listen, not right now. Listen to my post game for me tomorrow. to go wild about this nonsense. Um, well, I was going to say, I think they should do the whole thing where they, they have the structurally sound team minus the goaltender and kind of tank for Hughes in a way. But I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think, I don't they think they're going to do it Fletcher. either. Yeah, yeah, I think they're bringing no. Fletcher to I agree get a that. goalie and then get another center and maybe add another defenseman. Well, the other I'm thing is, is you would need prospects. to have a structurally sound team and that seems to be a problem well, lately. I, I, I think the team, the team on paper is okay. That's the problem. On paper, they are. They have the players and their final five numbers aren't bad. In execution... It's, Yikes! Well, sure, and but, then that, but then there's where you get into coaching, yeah. and like, regardless of your thoughts on Hackstall, the fact of the matter is that new GMs tend to want to hire their own guy yeah. because they don't want to go down with the if. GMs know that usually you get one hire, maybe if you're lucky you get two, but they certainly want it, don't want to be in a situation where. They kept the old GM's guy, and then they look bad because the old GM's guy isn't good enough. They want to if they're going to go down with a ship, they want to go down with their people. So regardless of whether you think Hack is okay or whether you think he's the worst coach in the world, it just it's so hard for me to envision a scenario where Fletcher looks at him and says, "Yeah, this is the guy I want to hitch my ride to." Are there a lot of Hackstall defenders left? I'm not even asking that. There I don't are like. some. I think. every now and then I see them in like replies on Twitter, like yeah. someone else's replies, uh, and I just go like, you're the one. And then I think this has to be a burner. Well, there's This stuff has like- to be his wife. This absolutely is a burner. Like, how, how old are his kids? Like- old enough to use Twitter, I All think. Right. I well, don't um, actually know. Like, so, yesterday he actually pulled the goalie at the right time, I thought. Usually that's the thing I bitch about. He waits until it's like 4 or 5-1, he and used, then he's like, eh, I guess it's time. He but. used the goalie pull as like a pseudo timeout, and, actually, and also, you know, took out a guy who stinks for someone who's been decent enough yeah. for them. And uh, the team still went... Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Um, that was their fourth loss by five or more goals through 28 games. 28, guys. They've lost by five or more four times already. It's not Christmas. It's not Festivus. Like, Shit's do you bad. expect, if the do you, one, believe that they just have eyes for Joel? Um, you know, Coach Q, I'm calling him Joel. Uh, is, I thought you were talking every, about Frisbee. Is, is everybody whose first name is Joel now Joel? Yes. 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 <laughs> Uh, Do they have eyes for Q? And if the rumor is true that he wants to wait until after the holidays, does Hack get fired after the new year? Is that what we're waiting Waiting. on? Like, when does this asshole get fired? That's what I want to know. Should have been two years ago. (laughs) Well, yeah, but here we are. I don't don't know. I don't know. I think think that... Teams you know, that get blown out all the time fire their coaches. That's what happens. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine Hexel's that there will be, be here forever. So I feel. I don't know. <laughs> you I, know. You know how Twinkies are supposed to survive forever, <laughs> and like cockroaches yeah. survive for like that's what Dave Hackstall. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Global warming drowns Manhattan or Hackstall fired. What am, what am I? What am I going to see first? 
Oh, definitely global warming, <laughs> which is now called climate change. Thanks. Uh, never. <laughs> um, I, I can't imagine that there will be too many more games the way that, you know, Toronto went, the way that Winnipeg went. You know, this is the Flyers playing against good teams. And no matter what the Sabres are apparently doing this season, they've been a bottom tier team for the past I don't know, decade. Um, all right, not quite a decade. No, I, no, no. I saw the face. No, I was, I was, I was giving you the head nod. All right, yeah, all yeah, right. That wasn't, wasn't a, yeah. So, like, yes, they beat them, and they beat them in in really in a really fun and exciting no, and game. But it, they're still like young they're teams, still getting their shit together. Young teams are inconsistent. They won ten in a row. Now they've lost five in a row. This might just be that. Also, right. load for the Sabres so, right now. So the Flyers, when they're getting completely blown out by good teams, like that's that's the team that they are. I can't imagine that Hackstall will survive many more of those to not happen. Not the not the kind of roll out the six two win too, but it was two nothing Buffalo for a bit there, and Stolarz made some big ass saves, and then they came all the way back with a huge third period. Yeah, like I'm not saying say, I'm not writing off a six two oh, win. No, no, no. I'm just saying. But like we always say. All the problems with this team, when they get goaltending, they usually yeah. win. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And, 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 that, and the PK did well. Yeah, and that and that yeah. goes back to what I was saying, where, as as you said, when they get good goaltending, they're pretty good. Yeah. So if you want this team to be bad, just to don't just don't fix the goaltending <laughs> yeah. because this shit's going to keep happening as long as you don't fix the goaltending. Get Hughes, get a goalie, and then be yeah, good. Like I'm, I'm not saying there aren't other problems, right. but that yeah. is the number one problem: is that they have the worst save percentage in hockey. And the goalies they're depending upon to fix that are a guy who going into Sunday, I think it played 12 games since the start of 2017. They have a guy in Brian Elliott who is good when he plays, but had two surgeries in the last 12 months. And they have a guy in Michael Neuvert who, who, who used to be, well, he's good when he plays, but he never plays. And now it's, well, he never plays. And when he does play, he still stinks. He still stinks. That like, that's, what, that's what they're start. depending upon. That was his second start of the year. Oh, my God. I, like, I, I, Did he get pulled both times? Yeah, the other one was No, no, they, they kept him for the entirety of the Islanders yeah, game. He didn't get pulled. They just let him get spanked. And Jim guy. Jackson am- amusingly <laughs> yeah, yeah, said yeah. on the broadcast that he'd gotten pulled in both games. And then apologized, like, oh, no, they actually kept him in for the whole <laughs> game. <laughs> no, they, yeah, he was like, they actually left him in to absorb all six. And uh, so, like, when, like, if you had to put money on it, when do you expect the first First Fletcher move, the first domino, the coach to be fired, a trade other than after the holidays. If they swap a a seven for a seven, that's not what I'm talking about. Like an actual, like an actual move, move. even if it's raffle for whatever. Like when do you expect a trade? I think they could lose. Just like he's a. It's fine. (laughs) Go ahead with your raffle slander. I think they look bad on the back the back to back at the end of this West Coast trip. Fletcher stays true to his word, and Hackstall gets canned. Then that's my. Well, guess. I'm, look, I'm looking. I'm trying at the to be positive because I can't. I there's got to be light at the end of the tunnel. I'm here. looking at the games coming up. So the Flames are good. Yeah. The Oilers not no, good. No, the Oilers and Canucks suck. That's the thing. They could very the well lose like, both of those. They have games. like seven wins in their last ten, don't they? Yeah, like they they, they, they could lose both them those games. Yeah, they they easily could. Canucks. Yeah, who is gonna? I mean, Red Wings. They're not gonna win that game. Predators. Connor McDavid skates circles around good teams. He's gonna blow. I mean, we don't have Brandon Manning now. They they better beat the Red Wings. Like they should. The Red Wings are are goddamn. They're a goddamn disgrace. They should beat the Red Wings. (laughs) However, they'll win the other games and lose the Red Wings by four. 
However, <laughs> walk me through this quote here, Charlie. This, uh, this the Red Wings have more points this season than the Flyers. This do. quote on working well, with there's still a goddamn disgrace. Yeah. I'm just saying, Flyers that's not really a disgrace, but it doesn't, two things it, could be the, true. The, there's a tough stretch. Sorry, I'm 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 just going through the schedule. There's a tough stretch. Predators, Blue Jackets, Rangers, or toss up, Lightning, um, and that's towards that's. Like right before and after Christmas, so maybe then they play the Predators again on New Year's Day. I think they're going to do something in December. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a trade or if it's going to be the coach. But I think I think Fletcher is going to do something. I actually think I believe that Fletcher doesn't want to because I I do trust that he's more of a you know analytical type. I want to figure out what the hell I have in all these pieces before I do something. But I think he knows that they just fired the last guy for not doing shit after embarrassing yeah. losses, and he knows he kind of has to. That's what that's what I feel like he came in to make moves because Hexel just kind of sat there and watched it all happen. They wouldn't go out and fire him and bring in Fletcher just be like, all right, sit there and watch exactly. all this go down. But I exactly. really do feel like all that, the more that comes out, and like you said, some of it, prob- a lot of it probably true. The more that comes out, Hextall was fired because he's a dick to work with. Yeah, that was that was like part it. of it. There is yeah, people want a pizza. Yeah, yeah. There's people want a pizza. Yeah, there is you know there is a hockey element to it, but I feel like that's more just justification. I think the hockey yeah. element was. What got lost in all those stories, and they, I understand why I got lost in it because those stories were juicy, fun, and that's yeah. what people want to talk about. The hockey element was a big part of it because they would have been willing to deal with the other crap if the, if crowd, the, te- was full. If the crowd was full and if the team was winning, and if everybody because yeah. when you know what happens when 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 you win, everybody in the organization gets happy. Mm-hmm. And when you lose and everybody's already kind of pissed off, then everybody gets really pissed off and then a bad situation becomes untenable. And I think that's what happened. But if they weren't regularly getting blown out and if they were taking the step forward that Hexall said they were going to take, I don't think this is a case of, yeah, you're doing a good job, but we hate your guts so you're getting fired. I don't think he would have no, gotten fired. No, yeah. Uh, Charlie, this quote here is, is it's a little disheartening that Fletcher wants to work with the coach. I realize what the hell else is he going to say, but walk me through this quote. Okay, so... Oh, this was Craig put it in there. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was Craig. Okay. Craig, uh, Craig took Charlie's yeah, color. It's yeah, yeah, Craig took my phone color. I need to like show like that I run the show, yeah. Okay. Uh, I put... This was from the Pierre Lebrun uh, piece today, okay. right? The Q&A. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, the Q&A on The Athletic. And he was asking about Hackstall. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually about, uh, asking about Hackstall. And the only I only highlighted this part where he said, uh, quote, we're going to l- talk about last night's game, both games this weekend, where we're at, and what we can do in the short term from a roster perspective, but where he would like to see me try to help out, I think we need to work together here. So that doesn't sound like a guy he might fire soon, which is... It's really disheartening. Yeah. I mean... Can anyone just go to... Like, I would love for Fletcher or somebody to just go up to Hackstall and put Andrew McDonald's minutes down on the table (laughs) in front of him and go, why? Justify it right now for your job. For your job, you need to give me an answer that makes some semblance of sense. I thought you were going to say, give him the Kenny Powers and just walk up and be like, you're fucking out. I'm fucking in. <laughs> but uh, the McDonald's I'll minutes one is good, too. Yeah. I would love I would love to like little big league him and <laughs> Fletch is just like, I'm the coach now. <laughs> oh. I'm the captain now. Yeah. All right. I just don't like it. So something. I, I mean, what else are you going to say? What else are you going to say to that? I, I think that that's... Yeah. It's fine. Oh, well, I think everything with right now with Fletcher, I just feel like everything is kind of lip service, though. Like he said, he, he's been saying all this stuff about analytics, and there's proof that he had that in Minnesota. But at the same time, 
he brought in Rick Wilson, who pretty much was like, here's your analytics right here. And Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was a big If deal. he actually had no. grabbed his crotch, I would have like, <laughs> that would have been Yeah, I, I, These are where I get my analytics. That would have actually been like, funny. That's what I was laughing at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. It was, it was both of those. But <laughs> if you don't listen to Flyperbole, yeah, yeah. listen to Flyperbole. <laughs> well, like well, because wasn't the whole thing with Hextall, too? He wouldn't allow Hextall to get assistant coaches, and then Fletcher's first move was... Yeah, but Hack was Hack drove that. I think. I, I think. I think it was more of a case that, like, everybody knew that the the like what direction the wind was blowing, and the Fletcher was probably going to be the guy in the organization. So Hack was like, okay, who can I go out and try to get who I like, who I respect, who I also know that the new guy is going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So he just kind of zeroed in on Wilson, who, to be totally honest, the guy has 30 years of experience to coach in defensive players, oh, no, literally yeah. since like the days of Darian Hatcher being a young player. He's a pretty mm-hmm. good assistant coach. Good right. Yeah. So it was kind of a no-brainer choice. It just also happened to be somebody who Hack knew and Fletcher knew. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the hire. I just and like it was right after the press conference. He was like, "Yeah, I've already talked to Dave about his assistants." And like, "Oh yeah, we hired this." So I figured there was some collaboration. Oh, there. I mean, they're absolutely. Yeah. He was involved, yeah. but I do believe that this wasn't this wasn't a Hextall type thing where it was, "Hey, you're going to have Gord Murphy as your assistant coach," and just tough shit. Yeah, like this one hack wanted him to. I wasn't saying that. Uh that he was a bad coach. I was just saying it kind of conflicts with the whole analytics thing. I oh guess. yeah, it's well, just that one quote, but. Yeah. I mean, if he's fine, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. We got bigger problems than Rick Wilson at this point. <laughs> uh, we sure do. Now, guys, one ice issue right now I want to get to. Giroux at center. Uh, one game went well. One game, not so much. But this team very badly needs another effective center, given Nolan Patrick's struggles, the absence of a true 3C, and the reliance on roles for the fourth line. Uh, They very badly need another effective center with money wrapped up in wingers who, you know, at least need some help getting into the offensive zone. Jake, not so much as JVR, but we saw it. Game one, boom. JVR has an effective center, scores a goal, doesn't look invisible for the first time. Um... Is this a thing? I, I don't necessarily love it for the long term, but for right now, and eh, I... well, how long is Couturier out? He was day to day. Day to day. It seems like it seems like they they think he's going to play on Wednesday, but if he doesn't play on Wednesday, he's definitely going to play on the weekend games. Okay. All right. I think that this is more of a what the hell is going on with JVR than it is a Giroux problem. Although Giroux is the one that moved. So did JVR. JVR. I can can tell you what I'm 90% sure is is wrong with JVR is that he's not close to 100%. He's back, but he's not close to 100%. I mean, he's taken multiple maintenance days since he's come back. I just don't think he's anywhere near at working at full strength. He was also getting third line minutes for a bit, too. True. My issue with JVR. He was last year, too, and he was effective. Well. JVR uh, yeah. scores the goals. That's what he does. That's and it's, all I want him to do. And that's great. Awesome. Because you know what? This team needs someone to score the goals. But you also need a center to drive that. And whether he's with Nolan Patrick or he's with Jordan Wheel or Mikhail Vorobiev, these guys haven't been a, Scott Lawton, whoever they've had him out there with, these guys aren't top two NHL centers. And that's what he needs. I kind of... Maybe want to keep JVR up there, but I don't love the idea of Drew back at center doing all the heavy lifting defensively and doing all the lifting through the neutral zone. That's what made he and Couturier such effective because such an effective duo. 
I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Now, Giroux is good at some of that stuff, but Couturier is also very good at it. And Giroux's when he's most valuable, what is he doing? Creating in the offensive zone. So let's get you there. I I just don't. Between two guys who aren't known for their two-way play, like JVR and Konechny, I just don't see it as a long-term solution. I, I don't either. I don't hate it in the short term. It like, is what it is. Let's they play, don't have anyone else. Well, even then, let's play with it for a couple of weeks. Like, let's bring Couturier back and put him on the second line with Wayne and Jake. And let's do a third line, Nolan, Oscar, and whoever the fuck you want to put on his other wing. Um. That would be fine for me for a couple of weeks. I don't want to see it last for the whole season, but let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens because at this point, literally, it cannot get any worse. So my thing, and I made this point on Twitter when everybody was, I was, it was, it was during the the Saturday game when everybody was like, "Yeah, this Drew at center thing is awesome." And the point I, I made that I'll make again is that. When they moved Giroud to wing at the start of last season, like, yeah, obviously they were hoping it was going to give him a boost offensively and stuff like that. And I'm sure that was part of it. And they, they never expected him to turn back into MVP Claude Giroud as a, as a result or whether it was a contributing factor. We can debate for, for hours on that. But I think a lot of it was driven by the, the, the theory that if you move him off center, for like for a year or two, or literally for the rest of his career, that he's not going to be as worn down when his contract is near the end. And we've got this guy for another, at the time it was another four years at eight plus mil. We can't have him be a total liability. Yeah, he can't have another 56. Yeah, like we just, we, we need to, we kind of need to, like not to say coddle, because I don't like to use that word, especially when it comes to a hockey player, particularly one with the kind of pride that Drew has, but you kind of have to treat him with a little kid gloves because he's moving into his 30s, and you want to make sure that when he's 34, that he's not in, his contract is in an albatross, and well, circumstances have changed. Obviously, Drew's now playing amazing again, so it's a, it's a different situation. I do believe that holds to a degree, and and playing wing is a less physically demanding position, and I don't care as much about this season because I'm very quickly moving down the path of thinking this is just a lost cause. Yeah, I think so too. I, I just want to see attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Drew at center just for a little bit because I want to see Patrick on the third line and I want to see Limblom brought back up to the third yeah, line. Yeah, I, I, I think everybody wants to see yeah, that. Yeah, because the West Coast trip he did pretty good and then all of a sudden he's he's got this like four Limblom minutes on punishment. I what 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 are I we don't doing? Get it. I what are we it. doing here? Five well, minutes? We're gonna play this guy. What? Well, they didn't Why? scratch him last year, so. Well, he wasn't in the yeah, NHL. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> actually, they, they did scratch him in the playoffs. In the playoffs. But granted, yeah. he played like well, crap in the playoffs. Yeah, but, but that was. I, I thought that line. was different. Yeah. I don't count playoff scratching. He was tired. He yeah, was he wasn't boy. You know, they sent him back down to the AHL, whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck this is. This is. What? Well, what? it's just another Hextall thing. I just, I just, they, him and Patrick tore it up on the West Coast, and then they didn't score for two games. Not like they played terrible; they just didn't score in two games. And he's like, "All right, I think I you go to the fourth line, buddy." I'm and just, if you want to bump up Jake and see, maybe you can get okay. That yeah. line didn't work initially. We're paying him seven million bucks. We're gonna drop Lindblom down a line, not to the fourth to play five minutes, but we're gonna play him fourteen instead of seventeen minutes. All right. But like now he's just a non-factor. Now he's now he's Tyrell Goldborn. Like he's just yeah. gonna play maybe every now and then. I, I, I'm. I, it's it's the Travis Konechny treatment, but worse. This is this doesn't yeah, like of all the agree. strategies. If I'm Dave Haxtell and I'm thinking maybe I have a clean slate, I think maybe he's just his own interim coach right now. But he he's, <laughs> he's got a clean slate. 
I don't think losing with the vets, and you know what I'm going to do? Continue to do what I was doing and lose. I think that's how I'm going to keep my job I for just, the next year and a half. I just love. How in the hell is that his logic? Yeah, the whole clean slate. Andrew McDonald, second liner. Yeah. Like, how is this still a thing? That's his clean slate. He's like, I get to start over. McDonald, get in here. Let's do this. We're doing it right this time. Yori, put down the pizza. Get in here. What's mind-blowing to me... Pizza on the bench. What's really mind-blowing to me about the the Limblom thing, too, is that, like, I get... I get to a degree, I, I never really agreed with it, but I get to a degree why a head coach, an NHL head coach, would get frustrated with a guy like Konechny. You know, he's freewheeling, he blows off defense sometimes, like he's just a flashy guy who, you know, it's like, well, I, I gotta break him, I gotta teach him what it's like to play in the NHL. Oscar Lindblom is a defensively yeah. sound guy who yeah. wins puck battles and does all the little shit that NHL coaches usually love, and for some reason, Haxel's just been like, yeah, I don't trust you, dude. <laughs> it's like, What? He, he's like the most hackstall player. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, it's, he's like a guy insane. like Simmons. He scores too many points. Is the problem. He's a guy like Simmons who I'm like, all right, I like things about him. And the, the things that the coach likes about him, different, but it'll keep him in, in the lineup. So that's good. Like, And now it doesn't even. At least he's not getting door. scratched. Like, I guess that's a positive. But yeah, he needs Five more minutes. minutes. This is scratching. Your Laterra on the bench game. passing around a chicken wing like smelling salt. <laughs> I'm just saying. They're, they're, around there were like smelling salts, not chicken wings. I'm just saying. There were times last year where we where we were saying you know when it came to, came to Sanheim when it came to Konechny at Patrick. times we're basically I don't think it ever was ever came with Patrick but we're they were getting scratched and we basically said so, said things to the extent of like okay if you want to punish them you know fine move them down the lineup but these guys need to play yeah. so at least he's not getting removed from the lineup but at least they Haxel has changed his viewpoint to the degree where it's like okay I need to keep these young guys in the lineup because playing on a daily basis is important. That being said, Dale Weiss should not be your third line winger with Oscar Limbaugh on the fourth line. All oh, right, Dale Agreed. is still a thing. Yeah. No, and like that's Dale playing good. He's been fine. Yeah. yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, but he's a fourth liner. Yes. yes that's absolutely. what you are, yeah. kid, and you're good at it. Do fourth line stuff. I'm totally. There's no. Where does Dale Weiss factor? Like, even if he's playing well now. This team is not going to win a cup with Dale Weiss in the lineup. He will not be here. Maybe he'll be the coach or something, but he will yeah, not probably. be the be goddamn skater. I just don't understand the logic to <laughs> the, this the stuff. The Peruby method. <laughs> I, would, yeah, I would love to just understand some of the logic here. Let's move on to uh, Stoltender, the goaltender. Yeah. Oh, uh, Anthony Stolarz. Numbers are not overwhelming in his four starts or six, appearance, six appearances. But eye test-wise, he has certainly given them a chance most of the time he's been in there, and that's more than I can say for the goaltending situation for a lot of the last 30 years. Um, (laughs) What do we like about him? Do we think he's at least the solution for this minute right now? How do you see this unfolding? You know, I I tweeted out that he's been my favorite surprise from this season. He might be the only positive surprise from this season, but, you know... Listen, we're not talking. <laughs> we're not. We're not talking about him. Um, he may be my favorite surprise. He is my favorite surprise from this season. I was was ready to box him up. I was ready to say, "All right, your career is done." I'm very sorry because it's due to injury, but like this is it for you. He could play in the NHL still, even even only on one knee. But you know, the other one's holding up better than Michael Neubert. So, yeah. you know. He hasn't been bad, and at this point, that's all you can hope for with the Flyers' goaltender. Hasn't been bad. Hasn't been bad. <laughs> it doesn't look like he's getting lucky either. I don't know. It doesn't look like 
players are just missing wide open chances on him. Looks yeah. like he's actually making saves. I agree. Saves. The yeah. fact that he's big really helps, you know, just the he puck hits of, him sometimes yeah. because yeah. we allow three guys to just take up all the space in the world and he can't find the puck, but it hits him because he's big. That's good. He seems to make big saves and like clutch for goaltenders is kind of a thing when, especially this, as we talk about, a fragile ass team. Like he's, yeah, he gave up the two goals, but he could have given up four and it would have been exactly yeah. like the last Buffalo yeah. game and he didn't and then they were able to go oh we have some help let's score some goals now yeah yeah and Hackstall didn't play him on a back-to-back I mean well yes he ended up having he had to had had, I mean Neuver couldn't stop a beach ball yeah (laughs) why not play him and if it's uh, we're not going to play him in back-to-backs and this is just Neuver's game and it is what it is if he takes another shellacking it happens but why not let him start (laughs) if you're gonna put him in for more than half the game start him if it's, no, we don't want to work him, he's got the knee injuries, we don't want to work him back-to-back days, okay, but that means you don't put him in after 27 I, minutes. I, you know, I agree with, and this is where I guess Hackstall runs into his competing incentives, because I do believe that they, they didn't start, they didn't put Stolarz as, as a starter for the back-to-back because of the injury concerns, and, you know, in response to kind of criticism by people like you of, hey, you played Brian Elliott for the entire month of December, maybe mm-hmm. that was bad. So, okay, like, Stolarz isn't so, so okay, you're learning, you know, and and I agreed with that. But at the same time, you're Dave Haxtell, and you have a new boss, and you're thinking my team can't get embarrassed repeatedly, as we talked about a few minutes ago, or else I'm going to get fired in the near yeah. future. So you see Michael Neuvert, and you see him playing like absolute dog shit, and you think to yourself, if I keep him in the whole game, we're gonna lose ten to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that was probably what drove the decision, which was, oh my God, this guy is not. This guy's playing like an AHL goaltender. I can't, I can't keep him in. I can't keep him in because if we get if we get utterly torched today, I might not have a job tomorrow. So we need to talk about. I and it's fun. It's I'm, I'm real torn because on one side. Whether it's good or bad, chaos will help our numbers. On the, <laughs> You're not wrong. On the other yeah. hand, I'm like, man, how fun would it be to cover a Stanley Cup? You know, I would also at, help our I numbers. Look at, I look at the BGN guys, and I'm like, that looked like fun. I want to do that. <laughs> and so when I hear things, imagine like, recording with our phones walking <laughs> through Broad Street. When I hear things like, like the, when I read things like, and it's I, I found it the Carcitti tweet about the whispers. There's a published report, and then Sportsnet's Chris Johnston actually had the report. The answer to the longest-running riddle in hockey may come from an unexpected place, as the Philadelphia Flyers ruminate on how to shore up their goaltending, at least until prospect Carter Hart is ready to take the wheel. There are whispers they will take a run at Sergei Bobrovsky on July 1. Bobrovsky! (laughs) Are we going to Bobrovsky? Hart with Bobrovsky. And how much would we have to overpay Bob to make it like a three- or four-year deal? A lot. Like, do we? Would we have well, given him fifteen it would, it would have, million? It would have to be like Did eleven or twelve. I would think. Do any term like any term he wants? Does it no. Say but I'm sure he wants as long yeah, term as he possibly really can get. He will be thirty-one, and I believe August. He is not a young man anymore. Uh, they traded him a while ago, and yes, we've all <laughs> we've all kind of looked at Columbus and the two Vesnas and gone, what if? <laughs> what if? The truth is, is playoff numbers aren't good, and like we always say, playoff numbers aren't good until they are, and then boom, you win a Stanley Cup. But ah, I, I, I would love Bob back for like this year if we were going to go all in on this year, and then say, see ya. Um, I just this can we descend back into chaos? Like, is that what's going to happen? I, I, I don't, I, I don't think so. It, 
so I, I I said this theory before we started recording. I'll repeat it for for the uh, the listenership at large. My theory of what drove this particular I, I'm not in the business of just assuming that people make up rumors like legitimate writers make up rumors. I'm sure they hear it from somewhere. Oh, yeah, he got this from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So my theory is this under Ron Hextall. No one was allowed to talk, and not only was no one allowed to talk, no one knew anything because he realized that everyone in the Flyers organization can't keep their mouth shut, so he basically only told, like, three people what he wanted to do, so nothing got out. Well, now, it's a new... And then he killed them. Now it's a new day, guys. (laughs) Now, all the old scouts and hockey guys in the Flyers organization that were frozen out are on Hextall, now they're allowed to talk to reporters again. Not only is Hextall (laughs) unchained, but so is everybody. Everybody's unchained. So, my guess is this was, like, some scout was shooting the shit with Chris Johnson, like a flyer scout. He's like, you know, it would be cool if we went after Bob. That would be fun. And he's like, well, he's a flyers. He's in the flyers organization. I guess I could publish this. This is the way it used to be. This is the way it used to be under under uh, under Holmgren was that no one could keep their mouth shut and the flyers were constantly in trade rumors. And we just may be getting back to this. I. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the flyers goalies. Yeah. The the five Flyers goalies that have started this season are the worst in the league. Like they are Yes, they they I assume still have the league's worst worst save percentage. I haven't looked it up, but I can't imagine it's gone up drastically. I'm recently. I'm looking here Cole Anderson, I've mentioned him before. He does advanced goalie stats. Um so he's looking at team goals prevented above replacement adjusted for rebounds. What? It's a lot of words. It's a fancy style. It's a lot of words, but I mean, this is the Flyers are last place, like last place in the league. They're bad. They're bad. So (laughs) at this point, like, yes, we don't want to give goalies term because when they get old, you know, the wheels fall off. However, the goalies that we have right now are really bad. Really bad. And I can say this because Kelly isn't here to defend Brian Elliott, who is average. Um, average. At, yeah. at best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the end of and, the day, and, and the problem, his numbers look average. He is either great or absolutely awful. And then it's like, oh, he has a 9-11. He's huh? average. So, so if, his save percentage. If, if we have to sign a good goaltender for eight years... Like, that's going to be so much better than having this horse shit in net. Uh, I don't want it. I'm not saying okay. that I want it. I would prefer three or four. Yeah. But Two any, years for everybody. I'll be Kelly. Anybody. <laughs> anybody would be better than the five that they have right now. And I just said, I like Anthony Stolarz. He's been a good surprise. He's not our starter. Yeah, yeah. And no, yeah, the, the, the Stolars thing, this is something I've kind of been thinking about in that, like, it's cool for Stolars that he's getting his shot because he certainly wasn't getting another Hextall. He was freaking buried in the AHL. Hextall just didn't like him, apparently. And now he's got a chance to prove himself under a new organization with two goals, two starting goalies in the NHL that are hurt all the time. So this is great for him. But I just, I, I struggle to think where he fits with the Flyers long term yeah. for this reason. So. Let's say the rest of this year goes well for Carter Hart. He has a real good second half in the AHL. By the end of the year, his save percentage is like, you know, maybe high 910s, like 917, 918, 919. He's 999. 899 on the season yeah, right now. Yeah, because he's been on a good run, which is great. But like, let's say, he, I'm not saying he, he blows it out of the water, but he has a good finish, and you, you get to the point where at the end of the season you're like, you know what, this guy's going to be in the NHL next year, which I think is what everybody's hoping, is that this guy is going to be in the NHL next year. If he's in the NHL next year, 
you want to pair him with someone who can take a significant portion of the starts and be pretty good in those starts. Like yeah. you, like I would want it to be like a like a forty five thirty five game split between the vet getting more, but Hart still getting a lot of time too. And then you can run with him if he's playing well, and if he's struggling, you can sit him for a while. That's not Anthony Stolarz. No, Anthony Stolarz. Anthony Stolarz, in my mind, would be like in three years, a good backup to Carter Hart. Yeah. The problem is is that how do you get to that point? And you can't just stash Stolars down in the AHL because he now, now needs to clear waivers, mm-hmm. and he's shown enough to maybe make another team think, hey, maybe he could be our backup because we do have a 60-game a guy. Yeah, a year well, guy. Somebody Morozik, picked up Pickard. Somebody's picking up Exactly. Yeah. I was say, if Peter Morozik and Cal Pickard are like hot commodities out there, well, guess what? Someone's going to actually take Stolars. Yeah, down. so I, just, I wonder where... If you could just snap your fingers and take this Anthony Stolarz and move him three years in the future, I would see where he fits. But I don't know where he fits for next year. For those wondering about Carter Hart's progress in the AHL, like Charlie just said, he's on a good run right now. Over his last five games, he's got a 924 save percentage. He's allowed two or fewer in four of the five. Earned his first career shutout on Friday, a 1-0 win over longtime rival Hershey. Um... Looking pretty good right now. I really would like to see the consistency continue because, yeah, like I realize goalies take a while and it's all voodoo, but uh, man, he really needs to be in the a- in the NHL by next season. It's like just for everyone's collective psyche. <laughs> I'm not even talking about like what his career will be long term. He can spend three years in the AHL and end up being the next freaking Patrick Wah, whatever. For everyone's collective psyche, he needs to be here. I mean, imagine, imagine if he comes up next year and sucks. That's not going to be good for our collective psyche. I'll well, deal with yeah. it. I'll deal with it like I do all things. Oh, with rum. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it again, fam. What did you do? Phil you Veroni did. got oh, called yeah, up. Yeah, you, you did. did. Yeah. I just don't understand why they don't listen to me about everything. I don't know either. Like they only listen to me about my dumb shit. Like only, <laughs> only about calling people yeah, up. Yeah, when they call up somebody who has no chance of being involved in the future, but was this you as well, this quote? No, here? this was me. This no, was no, you. No, no, no. So okay. yeah, so the reason why I wanted to point this out was because I, I was not Super excited about the Phil Veroni call up because I my because my, you have to deal with me every week. Well, yeah, but that's part of it. But no, a lot of it is what I said last week is that they already have a Phil Veroni and Jordan Wheel. Yeah. So like, what's the point of calling up another one? But this quote by Fletcher that was in Carcidi's piece today made me feel a lot better about the decision. And I'll I'll read the uh, I'll read the lines from Fletcher. I think it's so important that you call up the the right guy. By that, I mean if somebody is clearly the best player down there, it's really important to reward that. You want a meritocracy. You want the players in Lehigh Valley to think, hey, if I play well, it doesn't matter my age or what round I was picked in. I have a chance to get called up. I really like that idea. And if that was, if this was as much of a like, hey, meet the new boss, different from the old boss type yeah. of move, I like it a lot. No, like a guy like, I realize... It, different situation but a guy like tj brennan you're just looking at his numbers go up you're like oh he's he's putting up numbers maybe you know we have no good defenseman he could get a game and that was a zero percent chance could you have picked another defenseman? <laughs> i feel like i feel like just, right now though he might actually be considering they're gonna run with hag and gudas for a bit it looks like not really a mobile yeah. option on the blue line Maybe uh, maybe Phil Myers or Phil Myers. Yeah, bring him up. I'm huh? just saying. I'm talking about the bring guys who are down move. there and aren't like factoring into the future. Yeah. But they are performing for your organization somewhere. It's like, oh yeah, but he's never going to get called up because he doesn't factor into the future. It's like, oh well. Okay. Well, I, I don't. But now yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, and, and I like and, that. Yeah, and I, it's less that I 
like it's less that I give a crap about Phil Veroni. Like if he if he surprises, that's great and that's cool, and I'll be I'll be happy and I'll be rooting for him, and hopefully he's a good guy to talk to an interview and whatnot. But what I like it more is what it says to the kids yes. down there because Kelly, I believe, on last week's show when when we posed the question, "What do you want to see from Fletcher?" and Kelly said something to the extent of, "I want to he I want him to call people up because Ron only would call up good like well performing young players if somebody got hurt," and she's like, "I just want to see him call people up when." they're playing well not because he had to he was forced to and this move hints to me this was just as much directed towards Carter Hart and Mikel Vorobia and guys that are trying to push to get the NHL that like see Phil Veroni's playing really well we notice we call them up so now if you're playing really well don't think we're just gonna you know kind of Look at it and be like, hey, that's cool. Wait till Wayne Simmons gets hurt. It's the only way you're getting a recall. Yeah. Like, it, it gives the young players extra motivation because they have more confidence that they're actually going to be rewarded for playing well. And I like creating that type of atmosphere down in Lehigh Valley. I agree completely. I just mm-hmm. like the idea of a meritocracy. So I'm like, okay, Neuvert won't get an extension. <laughs> Unfortunately, he says meritocracy, and Andrew McDonald still here. He is still here. Let's move on to a defenseman who belongs here and is proving it as uh, as he goes along. Travis Sanheim, teachers Pat Travi. Playing pretty well right now, as we said. Uh, scored two goals the other night uh, in his 12 minutes of ice time. And then goes on to play, what was it, 17-12 on Saturday, which was top 10 for him in the year in terms of TOI. And then 23-13 on Sunday, uh, season high by more than three minutes. Of course, Robert Haig was ejected late in the second, so... Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to have an impact. Uh, but, but he was already he was being used as a yeah, top four defenseman even before that. Finally, getting a little bit more time. What are we liking about Travis? Is he is he is he actually earning it now? I think he's been earning it all year, and finally they're I think playing. He's absolutely, yeah. been earning it all year. This has to be one of those things where it's all right. Yeah, I get wanting to keep him in his role because he's excelling, but the team stinks, and you have a good player who just played twelve minutes. A good player <laughs> who is playing well. Like, we don't have a lot of that happening on defense right now, so maybe reward him for it. Like, we've got good players that are playing like shit. At a certain point, you just need to unleash him and say, what is your ceiling? Just do it. We drafted you in 2014 and have no idea how good you might be. Put him with Provorov, see what happens. I have no problem with that whatsoever. do it, see what happens. I don't know if I want that, but I I like him with Gossip's (laughs) pair. Put him with Gossip's, see what happens. (laughs) Make that the top pair right now. Right, I don't, I don't even, I just anybody. I don't. I don't care. Like, just do it. <laughs> Put him on the ice for twenty minutes. He's got long legs. He's fine. I mean, I. I, I just want. I wanted him to move from the well second pair from the third pair to the second you know? pair. I got what I wanted. I'm not going to be like, nope. <laughs> First pair. Defenseman Travis Sanheim. I'm cool. I'm cool to be on the second pair for a while. (laughs) He is playing very well. And and it was, again, this goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about the idea of meritocracy. Like, it's important. I have to think it's important on an NHL team and an NHL organization to have the players believe that if they play well, they will be rewarded. I have to believe that's important. That's important to, to psyche. It's important to the feelings of the players in the locker room, in both locker rooms, whether it's the NHL or the AHL locker room. And Travis Anand, for a very long time, was playing like a guy who deserved to be rewarded with more minutes. And maybe it took longer than it should have, but he's finally getting it, he's and that's it. good. That's, uh, like, uh, as much as... The players are going to toe the company line because, especially in hockey, we don't get anything but cliches out of guys. You just know when the coach goes on and on about how he's going to reward hard work and 
they got to be rolling their eyes when it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, the guy who stinks plays more than anybody. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, like, they have to at some point acknowledge, yeah, he's only 22, but he's better than everyone else, so we're going to play him more. I just, like, there's no question to me that Travis Sanheim has been the most effective, or at least one half of the most effective pair of defensemen they've had this season. Sure. Provorov is great, but he's not playing great this year, so I, you know, I want to see him play through it, but if it's about winning, play the guy who's playing well. It drives me freaking nuts. Speaking of meritocracy, how about that penalty kill, gang? Dead last. Killed 15 consecutive penalties, but gave up three on Sunday, and they are continuing to be 31st. Um, they will be 32nd. They will be 32nd when <laughs> Seattle joins the league. Um, uh, this is this is unbelievable to me. It is it is astounding how completely incompetent this unit these units are being run. Not Could that be, be his first move, Fletcher's first move? It some fire lappy. Yeah, some has Maybe. to be done about yeah. this shit. Like it's inexcusable to be this bad. You killed 15 straight. And you're still dead last. Still collapsed. Yeah, that's too, impossible. Yesterday. That is impossible. It, it, well, it's not <laughs> because that's how bad this team is at at the penalty kill. I, I I've got no words for it. Other than it makes me want to rip out my hair. So like just just wave the penalty, give the other team a goal, give us back these couple minutes. So I'm going to take on a, a, a persona of someone that does not have the name Charlie O'Connor. I actually don't really blame the penalty kill that much for what happened on uh, on Sunday. Do you blame the goalie? Yes. So Which one? Well, good question. No, so the three goals they gave up. The first goal was just because Neuver can't stop a puck. The second goal was because Dale Weiss, who, granted, should not be on a penalty kill, but he is, deflected a puck past Stolarz. The third one was because, I think it was just because Haig was kicked out of the game and they were killing him off a five-minute major. They just started throwing everybody out there on the penalty kill, and Shane Gostisbehere, who doesn't kill penalties, loses a guy in front and they get an easy tapping goal. So, like, yeah, it looked bad, but I don't, I don't look at that and say, like, man, Lappy really screwed that up. Like, it was just kind of circumstance, and, like, those kind of games are going to happen. Granted, when you're the worst penalty kill in hockey, you kind of have forfeited the benefit of the doubt. That's that's whenever I say, in a vacuum, we can look at this and go, this is what happened. However, they don't play in a vacuum. Everything happens in the context of the season. This is, I think, maybe the most telling one to me, because there's so many numbers with this penalty kill, but... Only Vancouver has allowed more shorthanded goals, 28, than the Flyers, 26. <laughs> the Canucks have played four more games and have been shorthanded 22 more times. Woof. They've allowed two more. Woof. That's rough. That's Im- again, you mean, you mean, wait, you mean You mean only Vancouver has allowed more power play goals? Has allowed more power play goals. Okay. Yes, that's okay. what I meant. Yeah. I, when you said shorthanded, I was like, oh, where are you? Are you, are you, are you I was like, goals. are you shitting on the Flyers' power play? Because not to say they don't deserve it, they do, yes, but that seems like a lot of shorties. No, yes, they've allowed... <laughs> just a, people laying down, yeah. just passing the puck back. But now, they are shorthanded. Not to be outdone, the power play... Now second to worst in the league, tied with Montreal at 13.6%. Only Chicago, who stinks because the chickens are coming home to roost after having a dynasty, 11.6%. What's happening there? The two special teams units are... So bad. There's no. I don't care <laughs> if the Flyers put three mites on ice out there with Giroux and Gostisbehere. 
they should score power play goals. See, but th- this goes back to what I was saying about this, like, I mean, I know Steph has talked about this in past years, the idea of a stealth tank. Mm. You have a team that is pretty good at 5-on-5, five five, at least when they're not giving up because their goalies can't stop pucks, with three real big flaws. Their goaltending is awful. Their penalty kill is awful. Their power play is awful. Now, you would think, in, if you want to go through the entire year just kind of the status quo, this is going to continue, like, they're going to finish with one of the worst records in hockey because of those three issues. Yeah. But then in the offseason, you could just do three things. Get a goalie, reassign Knobloch to the AHL, fire Lappy, and get better coaches to do those things. And then, boom, you might have a pretty good team. But this isn't it. Like, the power play, I understand Hold the other on. problem. I am stuck on the stealth tank. <laughs> is this is this a Paul Holmgren? <laughs> is, is Paul Holmgren orchestrating a, Listen, a stealth tank and was like, Hextall, no, you've got plans they to, did to not get us when, Jack Hughes. You gotta go. When Holmgren took over in 06, he did wait to make the moves, in t- and that was... Granted, a much different situation. There was no Claude Giroux, the closest. I guess Gagne, but, you know, there's nothing. You, you have a Peter Forsberg that you can sell. It's a different situation yeah. a bit. But they waited until February to make the moves. You were closer. Yeah? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was close. They waited until that month to make the moves instead of, like, oh, yeah, blow it all up right away. We're going to do some crazy shit. And... You end up getting, you know, they go 22-60 and 60 and should have got the first pick, but somehow Chicago gets it and the Flyers end up with JVR. Um, maybe they're going to do that. Stealth tank? I mean, that's what I want, yeah. Stealth Although it, it I is... I deal with one shitty year if you can tell me we're going to do all Yeah, the 60 more games to get time. Hughes for like 15 years, yeah, that's fine. But the problem is the Not Hawks... Hughes. The, 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 I just the, want someone who, like, Charlie said the, the, the Chuck. The second guy, I forget what his Cal, name is. Uh, Kako? Yeah, Kako? he's really good, too. Yeah, his so. name's awesome, too. Yeah. The problem is the, the Kings, the Devils, and the Blackhawks are down there, so you know... That's a good Karma-wise, the Flyers... And we've already gotten our, our lottery win. Why doesn't the league want the Flyers to be good? They are the team that will make the most money other than Toronto if they're good. They should want I mean, the Chicago Flyers to be good. Might. Nah. No! Chicago's games weren't on television yeah, they, until before century. Before Kane, it was real I, bad out there. The Flyers... Yeah. I know. The Flyers sold out every game when they went 22-60. and 60. Like, th- this was the team that will make the most money if they're good other than Toronto. They should give us a goddamn lottery win, <laughs> not Nolan Patrick and his slow ass. Give me someone who can skate. Listen. Bless we're, not, we're not doing this. Chris <laughs> shots about as strong as Charlie. We've, we've gotten an hour in hey. without, without talking that was, shit about that. was uncalled for. People are tired of me saying it's as good as mine, so I gotta say somebody else's. And if I said the girls, someone would call me sexist. And I know you better than Craig, so I can make fun of you. Okay, okay. There was, there was yeah, I'll allow it. I mean, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I see the train of thought there. I, we, we almost made it an hour in without talking shit about Nolan Patrick. It's almost. 32. We're out of time. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Oh, what? We are having a Festivus party, second annual second annual Flyers Festivus party. Last it year, is, it was the turning point. It was, it the, was turning the turning point, point last year. year. This year, it's the same date, just a Sunday instead of a Saturday. So December 23rd, it is going to be at Tavern on Broad. We liked it so much for our draft party. We're going back. Um, the Eagles same, play earlier in that day. The so Eagles play earlier. Uh, the Flyers play at 7. They play the Rangers. Oh, so the party starts at <laughs> 6. Specials. Half off all drinks except shots and Red Bull. Half off appetizers starting at 7 things. o'clock. I'm You'll be fine. To it. You'll I'm, be fine. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have the Flyers game on TV. And we'll when you know they shit the bed, we'll all be there drinking to commiserate together. 
So thank you very much for hanging out. Thank you for joining us live on Facebook. Remember to subscribe to our feed on iTunes, Spotify, all those places. My name is Bill Matz for Steph, for Charlie, for Craig. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.